1: to Black Hair in the Big Leagues presents The Salisha Show. Y'all, last night I had the privilege of getting to see 1776 on Broadway. And it is great. I remember, okay, here's what it is about in my own words. This is my own words, so forgive me if I'm like muddy about it. It is the birthing, it's about the birthing of the Declaration of Independence. The original production of 1776, the cast was mostly made up of white men, older white men, there was a couple women in it. And this revival version, not a man in sight. Okay, we've got all female trans non-binary members of the cast, and it is extremely diverse and let me tell you saying some of those things that are from the original script hits different with with a woman with a trans with a non-binary with a person of color in the role so today i um i get to talk to two of the cast members from the show and so just a brief background of each of them we'll start off Oh, with this beauty queen right in front of me, she was in Fela, SpongeBob musical, Violet, Amazing Grace, Black No More, fiftieth anniversary tour of West Side Story, and the first Grenadian woman on Broadway. It's me. Let's freaking go! <laughs> and she didn't get to show off these skills. But I have a feeling she's a dancer extraordinaire. <laughs> Please help me welcome playing North Carolina Joseph Hughes. Oh, Nickoff! Hey, 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 Salisha. hey,
2: Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for that incredible introduction. Sometimes you need to hear it from the outside, you know, the things Mm. that you've done just to be reminded, you know, because it gets so exhausting and so tiresome, but you want to stay in a place of gratitude. So thank you for that.
1: Mm. I'm so happy to see you today. And I cannot wait to dive in and ask you some things. Um, Next up, we've got an international actress on television, film, and Broadway. She did Liz Estrada Jones on Broadway, some TV film, Friday Night Lights. Have you heard of that? Get on up, (laughs) Miss Juneteenth. And come on, welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. And oh my goodness, last night, I got to witness her playing in earth-shaking and powerful John Hancock in 1776. Please help me welcome Liz Michael
3: hello oh. hello thank you for having us this morning
1: uh snaps to both of you guys it's a great show thank, thank you and thank you. both of you guys have quite a presence
2: thank you so much i i do uh, appreciate that i think um liz do you remember mia's last name the hair designer
3: oh if i, I want to say echoes but that doesn't sound right Well,
2: our hair designer, Mia, she um, during rehearsals before we left for Cambridge for the Boston out of town, um, you know, she came to 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 in the room, sort of observed people in the room and came up with these styles that she figured would work for us. That was an expression of who we are now instead of trying to become men that we are not. Mm. And, and I think especially um, as a black woman, I, I specifically appreciated that. I think it would have been very false and pretentious and pulled people out of things if, for example, we were attempted to do the powdered wigs or, or something to that effect. But to to be able to stay in yourself, but but an elevated uh, dressed up um, aspect of yourself through the coats and through the hair. Um, then for me personally, helped me to connect to the essence of the person that I'm playing, which might seem very ironical, if not impossible, but it, it really did. In order, keeping myself grounded to me um, helped me connect more to the
1: character. Okay, so you kind of just answered my question from what I'm gonna guess of what you're gonna say. Was your hair already shaved on the sides before you started? Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I've I had I, it was actually after
2: Fela that I I decided to go natural. So that was in 2011. Um, prior to that, I was texturizing, um, and the natural hair movement hadn't really started yet. I, even though I came up um, in the Caribbean, it, it's sort of like that across the board story of Black girls, particularly in a certain period where, for ease and convenience, uh, their hair were our hair was chemically straightened, mm-hmm. right? um, And I had not, I, on, I myself, my mother had, but I had not taken care of my natural hair at all so to take it on you would have to do a separate interview about my relationship with my hair i'm i mm. i've been a tomboy since i came out of my mother's womb so hair itself is like it's such yes. a complicated conversation with me but in 2011 and also inspired by the show itself and connectivity to blackness I decided to to go natural. And one of the things I'd wanted to do for a long time in my life was to, to rock like a ball head or shaved, um, shaved sides. And so I just, I went for it. I went for the big chop. You, <laughs> yes. Was cool because the person working on my hair actually said to me, you don't need to texturize. You actually have the curl texture that you're going for. You just don't know how to take care of your hair. And I think that's the, that's such an uh, incredible, uh connective story that many of us have this thing that we're striving for we actually have it we just never given the tools to take care of it
1: wow you know you're you definitely have state statement hair on stage and not once were you ever on stage when i didn't notice that you were on stage (laughs) thank you not once and it is such a great look it really it is it's really pretty fantastic. And it Thank you
2: so much. I have this thing where I say like North Carolina, like Joseph Hughes loves his horses so much so that he designs his hair after <laughs> after they're made, you know, like he's got that long Yes. Mane, you know? <laughs> yes. It cannot it's Joseph be mistaken. Mane, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: like he loves his horses. It's it's a thing and it really does look great. And I love that it, Mia got to pull exactly from you and how interesting the way you were trying to get your hair to look all those years. That person yeah. was finally like, your hair does this.
2: Your, it does it right, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, Liz, how about you? I saw you rocking those braids last night, and I know that at, my mama used to rock that same style. I'm like, it looks. Oh great. yeah. Did you have it, braids earlier on this year?
3: I did. I, in fact, it was, um, it was something in 2020 when we were supposed to start the tour and. Uh, the bottom dropped out of everything with, with COVID. I was performing at the Old Globe doing uh, Little Women and mm. you know I had to fly home to Dallas and, and I was gonna leave that show and come into 1776, but I ended up at home in Dallas. And the moment I got off the plane, uh, I was like, I want braids. Oh. And I went to the store yeah. and bought all of the stuff to get my hair braided. And of course, you didn't want to sit in a room with someone for eight hours with this pandemic looming yeah. about. So I just kind of put it off. But I I am a curly girl. And so I, I've, I've had curly hair for years yeah I saw
1: that on your website yes I can picture
3: it yes yeah it's it's been and even um in wigs I I prefer the curlier look if I if you know just for convenience and you know in in TV and film so you always look the same you have to have something that always looks like your headshot or close Mm. to it but I, I wear my hair naturally um and have done that for years and um But the braids were something that I really wanted. And for Mother's Day 2021, my middle daughter said, mama, you've been wanting these braids. That's my Mother's Day gift to you. You're gonna get these braids. Mm -hmm. And I got braided up and I'm a company member in Dallas at the Dallas Theater Center. And we started uh, working. And I kept those braids in for working. Of course, you know, I, I would get my braids tightened up and, and and changed out, but I kept braids for working. Uh, every show that I ended up doing at DTC, I, I had braids. I would just switch out, you know, colors, um, the, the, the cornrows in the front or just uh, box braids all over. And I ended up Right before we started 1776, I played the stage manager in our town and I had these braids. And uh, they were like, well, how are we gonna do this? And I styled my braids, they were like, that's perfect. And so that's how I arrived to 1776. And Mia's last name is Neil. And so uh, when I got to rehearsal, I was like, well, either they'll tell me to take the braids out, they're gonna wig me, or I'll just cross that bridge when I get to it. And the ingenious part of Mia Neal is that she wanted us to all resemble ourselves. Mm. So when she saw me with those braids, she was like, oh, we need an updo. We need the, I like the height, let's get them up and we're gonna keep the braids. I love it. And that's how they were adapted into the show.
1: Yeah, like I feel like sometimes it can be nerve wracking, like as an actress going into a wig fitting, if you got braids, you're like, they're gonna make you take these out.
3: Oh, yes.
1: And they do a hair wrap around it.
3: Exactly, and I've I've gone through that, you know, and some some wig and hair designers, I've had some pretty remarkable ones, but they'll be like, oh, that's not gonna work for this character and what I've envisioned. Yeah. Yeah. So we gotta take the braids down. Yeah, yeah, but I've been pretty lucky the last couple of years. Um, my braids have made it in. Into hey, the show.
1: <laughs> we love it. Honestly, like I just got off the line with Gisela Adisa from your cast. And I was saying when I saw the show last night from the audience, I'm, I was looking at her. I'm like, I felt seen seeing somebody with my hair texture yes. in a yes. way that sometimes I wear my hair. I'm like seeing that on stage makes me feel as an audience member like, OK, wait. Maybe I'm doing something right. Like, it's on a Broadway stage. So when you're going on stage with your braids, when Onika, you're going on stage with your hair shaved on the sides, it is like, it is a statement. It's kind of revolutionary. We're gonna cut for a short ad break.
0: This episode is brought to you by sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe
2: it's it's really awesome because when i was thinking through um the black women on stage i mean every single one of us has a natural style or a protective style um in some way shape or form right so i have my hair with the shaved sides um miss liz with the braids Gisela with her natural coils jill has her hair braided um imani has a a, a clipped and 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 Shortcut. Imani is one of our our, our standbys, um, and it's really we have gone, dreadlocks. Gone. We have sisters with locks. Yeah, AKD yes. has locks, and uh, so does the gnome. And and that you know, uh, our director Jeffrey Page in particular wanted those locks to be seen. You know, um, wanted them to be not Good. not put up, not put away, not tidy. You know what I mean? Like just in their beautiful coily form or like Salome's, which is like the sister locks Mm -hmm. as if, you know, it, it pours down her face and, 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 and frames this gorgeous face of hers. And no one has been asked to, uh, compromise themselves for some sort of, uh, Euro related look. And
3: And even the the wigs in the show that, that, um, Mia wigged, they are natural styles as well uh patrina's um wig is dreadlocks gray dreadlocks yes black and gray Um, dreadlocks and um crystalline yeah Yeah. crystalline Crystalline has
2: that that curly curly, uh short uh wig it's super cute it's 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 really so it's it, it 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 definitely is empowering and i think as that is normalized i know that for sure i feel empowered to step into spaces being like here is how i would like to wear my hair and how can i make it work with your vision based on on what the show is that is fair to the care of my hair right mm-hmm. um because, because i think one thing
3: in the world is how we show up in the world and for that to be reflected on stage is empowering in itself it
2: really is it, it... really is i remember that it, it was in Fela where i was wigged and it was a natural looking a wig one of one of the first shows where across the board was these incredible styles they, they had to actually hire braiders like from out from outside of the industry to get these styles done but one thing that was happening was we were I was attempting to wear my mic in my hair and it was breaking breaking my hair with all the movement um, we don't have time for that right and then even like so who was in the wig room at the time even the way they were putting on the wig and you hear that crunching and splitting of hair as they put the wig on, I, I just realized, okay, no, I can empower myself to be like, you are actually hurting my hair. The way that you might pin or wig pin um, one texture of hair is not the way that you handle or manage my particular curls and kinks, because all you're doing is breaking it. Mm. Um, and so I've just learned to be more empowered in asking for what I need to take care of of my hair so that when I leave a show, it's, as healthy it, as it can be after a performance of eight shows a week versus yeah. being virtually destroyed, you know. And I,
3: shout out to uh, Cookie Jordan, who designed the wigs and hair um, and makeup for Fela. Cookie, oh, my friend cookie. I love me some she's Cookie.
2: She's a legend. Oh. Like, cookie is the one that came into the space and was like, this is how we're doing it.
1: Love. This love is how her. we're going to
2: make this, you know, look as authentic as we possibly can. Yeah, Cookie is everything.
1: Okay, so I have a question for you guys about the show and your roles. Um, How is it for both of you guys doing these roles that were originally written for and inspired by and about white men? How was it, um, either of you can go first.
3: I've been down this journey before. (laughs) Uh, Playing the stage manager in our town. It's usually a traditionally older white male. That right. plays that role. Um, I have played um, uh, Matthew Harrison Brady in *Inherit the Wind*, which is usually a older white male.
1: Wait, how you and... keep getting these parts, Liz? <laughs> I, mean,
3: I belong to a,
2: a that very that voice. Wonderful... That voice, honey. Well, and, and,
3: and I would. I, I. I. I was told by the director of *Inherit the Wind* he wanted an actor that embodied the passion and the heart of Matthew Harrison Brady and it just happened to be a black female that embodied all of those attributes.
1: Wow. He wasn't
3: looking for the physical attribute. He wanted someone that was going to engage the audience and have the passion that Matthew Harrison Brady had.
1: I have chills. To...
3: Yeah, so um and I, and oddly enough in another play I I played um two roles but one of them had happened to be uh john quincy adams (laughs) um so i've been down this this uh many times literally many times yeah uh but to play um in this particular piece someone that laid the foundation here or was a part of the foundation for this country it's it's been um it's been pretty great. I, I I don't even have the, the adjective for it but because I'm feeling the power of the other bodies on stage telling yeah. this story. And so it it's not that we're stepping into his shoes, but it is an offering through my body and a view of what could have been in this country had other people been considered.
1: <sighs> yeah. Yeah
2: isn't that awesome yeah i think for me i i this is my first time for example playing a role that is uh, uh, traditionally played by um a white man um i it, it was all the research to me where I, you find these through lines right so you you for a person who for me i figured i had nothing In common with nothing to do with not historically or anything outside of the conversation of you know this man owned slaves and my people were enslaved like outside of that but there's so much research that went into each character Mm -hmm. and you start finding things like um you know like determination uh, uh uh um creativity entrepreneurship uh you know but at the same time you you start to learn like okay this is this is the this is the investigation that we're doing it's these dichotomies that happen in existence where you have brilliance and then you have Breed. yes yes exactly right so yes. you, it, it it's like a human conversation for me but on top of that honestly and I, I just got to be plain here It kind of really satisfies me to think that if for some reason Joseph Hughes could be shown this play, like he would again keel over from, to quote the show, apoplexy, seeing a Black woman (laughs) portray him, right? I think that there's something satisfying for me that says, um, it's like a validation for the people that he enslaved that I get to now decide how he is portrayed. I wow. get to decide that, right? <laughs> I uh, you know, so I have no interest I very specifically decided he was a bit of a manipulator in the Congress. He passes to South Carolina um because that's the peacock of the of the of the Congress. But if I can get my ideas and incept ideas into the peacock, I as in Joseph Hughes, incept these ideas, and then it's all it's all like given out to the Congress, then my agenda is brought into fruition without having to be too loud, without having to be too cocky, without. And I've also given him this Mm. um, this character that's related to Cool Cool, where he's constantly sort of, you know, like, um, well-mannered and polite. But anytime there's a burst of anger, you see his violence. So there's one moment with Hopkins where he just out of nowhere, the the delegate from Rhode Island bursts out at him, and it's that insidious, like, um, uh, volatility that lives under this, these, um, quote-unquote, violent manners, um, to to quote a, a description that one of our awesome dresses gave to me when looking at Cool Cool, which is this idea of pretending that you're holding yourself together as your world comes apart. Mm. And we see that through line to today. So to be able to be a reflection of today through the story of of the past is very important to me. Um, even if it means embodying a, a white persona, our intention is not to pretend to be those men. Our intention is to be ourselves and to present our interpretation, yes. as yes. well as have those words, as Ms. Liz said, have those words come out of our mouths. How do you hear it differently when you hear words like, 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 Yes. You know, all men are created equal. I Ugh. am like, if, if I say, like, how how do you receive that outside of understanding it as part of the document? All men are created equal, but at the same time, I'm enslaving humans. Right. So and those I, contradictions are, are I, I'm happy to do that, even if embodying um, a, 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 a white
1: male. It p- really does change the meaning of some things in the script when it's said by
3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and A AM member FDSE.
1: I really do want to know you both of you, um, your your reaction and how you feel about it. So in the second act, there is the topic of slavery in the Declaration of Independence and I don't think there was any Black people in the original production of 1776. No, (laughs) ma'am. Right. Okay. Right. And, And so first of all, did any, was that the original script? Number one, like, did anything change to make it more relevant to this cast? Number one. And number two, how, how was it being a part of that scene as a Black? person or as a person of color?
3: Well, the the script is what the script is. Got it, okay. The only change was a uh, letter that was added by Abigail Adams, remember the ladies. Um, That compromise, um, and we don't want it, the spoiler alert, spoiler alert, we don't want to give anything away to your, your viewers. If they haven't seen the show, we invite them to come and see it yeah, and feel this moment for themselves. But yeah. that was in the original script. Um, taking that weight on,
0: yeah. I'm
3: always reminded, as Onika said, uh, about the ancestors. Um, mm-hmm. When we get to the mm-hmm. very end, when we uh, there is a point at the end where we look out after this compromise is made. And uh, or right before the compromise is made, um, and we get to look out at the audience, and all I can think of is one uh, is especially one of my ancestors that just rings in my head. My great great grandfather. I just discovered him, and the name Monday Bed Snell rings in my head when I look at the audience because I'm thinking you are still enslaving this man. Mm -hmm. Someone is still owning his body and, 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 and his labor is, is for free to build this institution that we want here, this, this, this country, this experiment that we want. And so it, 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 it's, it's a personal thing for me. Um, and I think for all of us, but I can only speak for me, especially, um, in that, that uh production number that we do where we really dig deep into yeah slavery and uh yeah it's 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 hard but i mean that's that's what theater is it's a holding up of a mirror to our audience to Mm. this nation look look here
1: yeah
2: everybody experiences that moment like for me that's when the mask comes completely off and that's that that's that's a rhetoric that we use in the in the studio and in the rehearsal which is that when you step into this persona the shoes of this founding father you're putting on a mask right you're putting on a mask in order to do this reenactment but in that moment for the black people in the show it's a breaking of the mask. it's like a crack. i saw that And you, so you like, for me, I am literally like taking it off and stepping on it. Every movement of dance in that particular moment, I'm stepping on that mask and I let myself become possessed by the ancestors. It's, it's one of the most, um, incredible experiences for me on stage nightly, because I think like, okay, we've made a decision to step into the painting of the past, but the painting of the past is always sort of iconicized. On the outside of that painting is the reality of everything that was happening, from Um. young men dying in the war to to people being enslaved in, in, in the most torturous, um, system to exist uh, for, for mankind and those entities rush into me they rush into me um in that moment and i am i let myself become possessed and there's a moment where we're in a group uh, and we're just chanting back the words molasses to rum, to slaves. And for me, it's it's what I appreciate about what the choreographer did there, director choreographer Jeffrey Page did there, was that rather than sort of fold into the trope of the beaten, hurt, um, enslaved person, he more tapped into the rebellious one, the ones that 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 pushed back at it all and created the fear of the people who are trying to control them mm-hmm. and so that i mean that there's so that piece in itself is a thesis piece mm-hmm. um that can be broke down in its own broken down in its own conversation but for me the the the, the play of being a founding father is completely removed from me. That's, that's a privilege that yeah. I get to do on stage because some of our castmates, they don't get to do that. They right. don't get to release that that mask, right? Yes. But in that moment, you can forget about it. I am, I am black on black on black. Come on. Giving a voice to ancestors that didn't yes. have one and bringing them into the conversation that if you're gonna talk about the founding fathers, every time you're talking about the founding fathers, You're talking about enslaved humans every time no matter no matter the brilliance of their plan it's like it's just it's uh, not to be um kind of basic here but it's the same thing like anytime you're talking about hitler you cannot remove the 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 the, the holocaust from the conversation you can't you You, you cannot so when you're talking about the founding fathers even if you're focusing let's say on jefferson's brilliance in his writing you understand that while he was writing, somebody was outside of his window being punished in some way, shape or form under this particular system. That is just what it is and what it was. And so to be able to interject that into this project that was really a conversation about the men is it like that is a gift to do that on stage for me nightly. That is that is yeah. a bleeping <laughs> that is a that's a gift.
1: That was really powerful too. like in the audience. I absolutely feel, and I'm going to have to let you guys go in just a couple minutes, but um, that was definitely a moment in the audience seeing, I'm like, okay, I can see how they actually feel about this. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, again, as an audience member, I felt seen. I'm like, okay, all right. As long as we're all on the same page here. That's how I felt. I am like, okay. (laughs) And I think that
2: we felt, I think that we too were like, okay, Is this something new you added? Is this like a but that's it's actually that moment in the work that inspired, um, uh, Paulus and Page to mount the work. Yeah, I felt that it's that pivotal moment where it was like, oh, this is a conversation we need to know and understand about the contradictions knitted into the foundation of the country. So, Mm. yeah, yeah, because easy to say. You know how people say they're men of their time. I'm trying, Miss Liz, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying not to spoil. But you know how that, like, oh, they're men of their time. Okay, that is true in one way. But the fact that the consideration had been there shows that they were well aware. Yes, they were. Right? Well aware of the travesty that was this thing. But it is a conversation in what we see happening today, which is economy over humanity. That's Mm -hmm. still happening now. Wow. economy over humanity is still happening now when you have the conversation about climate change and who are the bodies that go- are going to be first and most affected it oil trumps it every time wow. oil and gas trumps it every wow. time so the barrels in our show that are rum barrels for me if you do again the through line to today you see the oil barrels yeah Right. Mm -hmm. So it's still these when you you hear people like the Green New Deal and trying to create a new world in which we are preparing to save our our planet. And people are like, yeah, but the prophets, though, you know, it's
1: still (sighs) a thing. Yeah, it's
2: still a thing. And to be in a production that highlights that if we are not careful with this repetition of history, like we're doomed to destroy ourselves.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah, it's it's a it's a privilege. And to do it in in my black self. Let's go! And <laughs> in those braids. It's and beautiful. And their locks. Like to do that, to be able to do that without asking me to look another way is just, yeah. it's, it's it's a powerful experience for me as an actress it really is and empowering for work that is to come after the show the things that i can ask for the things that i insist on the things that i figure are i have a right to ask for because i'm this black body crowned with this black hair right i have a right to ask for these things so
1: um i hate to cut us off because we're at we're at time but before i let you guys go i do Want to say that you both are amazing, and it is a ple like it is truly a pleasure to get to talk to the both of you, and also to see your genius on stage, and to see see this script, to see the story through your eyes. It is very powerful, and I hope you guys tour with it because this is, I, it's a limited oh, engagement yeah. until what on Broadway January eighth January eighth. That's
3: it. That's it. Yeah. And if at- you have people across the country, please be looking out for us. We'll be on tour. Um, oh. Yes. 1776.
1: At- hey, how can people find you guys? Handles, websites? Um, uh, mainly
2: at- for me on Instagram um, at Dragon Passion Fruit.
3: And Perfect. I'm on Instagram and on um, uh, Twitter at M I Z L Y Z Z, Ms. Liz. Cute. Cute.
1: Come on, Miss Liz. <laughs> Again, thank you so much for joining me, you guys. You're both so, so, so great. And congratulations.
2: Thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you, for you so much, and yeah. also, thank you for this work that you're doing to bring awareness to our experiences um, on Broadway. I think it's 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 so important that we continue to highlight these conversations um, for our physical health or mental health. Yeah. You know, taking care of what crowns our bodies is absolutely essential, especially when you're called into a space eight Eight, you know, eight shows a week, and that crown has to be manipulated. Um, what you the conversations that you're having are absolutely essential for um, ongoing progress. So, thank you, thanks for thank having you, us.
1: Thank you, thank, thank you. you, Onika, thank you, Liz, and you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you, you I'll see you, I'll you later, Miss Liz. See you in a minute.
2: Bye. <laughs> bye, 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 Salisha, thank you. Bye.
1: And that wraps another episode of Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I'm so honored to have such great guests on this show. And if there's somebody who you want to listen to, please drop me a note on my Instagram at Thomas or at Black Hair Podcast and slip into those DMs and let me know what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast, rate it, leave a review, tell a friend, follow us on Patreon at Black Hair in the Big League. Y'all, I am so grateful that you are part of this community. It would not be the same without you. (laughs) Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love C.O.D. Shout out to Colin Tabor for editing this episode and most of these episodes. And shout out to you for listening. Y'all, my heart is so big and I feel so grateful. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Black Hair in the Big Leaks. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. See you next week.